0: Welcome to the Sweetest and Toughest Job podcast. I'm your host, Rachel, mama to three, and I'm talking with subject matter experts and other parents about all the sweet moments, but also deep diving into the tough topics surrounding pregnancy, postpartum, and parenting. Thank you so much for being here as we explore the sweetest and toughest job. Hello and thank you so much for being here another week as always. I honestly am so grateful for each and every person that tunes into this show that is so near and dear to my heart and is my passion and I'm just so thankful that you're taking the time to listen. World Prematurity Day was two days ago on November 17th. According to the March of Dimes, 33,000 babies will be born preterm this month. Even before the COVID-19 pandemic, the U.S. faced a maternal and infant health crisis. The U.S. still remains among the most dangerous developed nations for childbirth, and this just totally blows my mind. But the fact of the matter is that so many families have a premature birth story. If you haven't had the chance to listen, My very first episode, or one of the very first, was with Kate Morrow, and she shared her unbelievable birth story where she um, had her twins prematurely. I want to say that they're both thriving kiddos today, and her story is not one to scare any moms, but I think the awareness about premature births is so important for all of us to acknowledge And no, because at some point you might know a friend, a mom, or you yourself might uh, find yourself in premature labor. And that's exactly what happened to me. I wanted to share today my personal experience with having a preterm birth. My son was born at six weeks early, so at 34 weeks. And although it's not lost on me that other families have had far more immense journeys, more difficulties, more lasting effects. I, I understand that a premature birth is not something to be taken lightly. But I've also been reminded by so many people not to minimize what I went through and that every individual birth experience is unique and is your own. And it's okay to talk about and I guess relive and share some of the trauma that I had, even though somebody else's journey might, to me, seem more difficult. So in, in keeping that in mind, I wanted to share our story today so that any mama out there listening feels less alone. If you had a preemie or have a preemie currently um, and are just wondering, is your kid going to be okay? Are they going to grow up just like the rest? Are they going to catch up with their milestones? Are they always going to be behind? I know what those feelings feel like, and I hope that you can find strength, hope, and encouragement. So before I get to my birth story, I wanted to give a background that our oldest was born December 2014, and our road to conceiving with her was not a straight path. We ended up having to go um, to a fertility doctor, a fertility clinic, and conceived via IUI, which is intrauterine insemination. It was a difficult journey for us, and I've talked about it on many episodes of the podcast if you're interested in hearing more about that. But after we had her and we knew we wanted more children, um, we were very hopeful that it would happen for us. We felt like we were successful the first time, and we're so hopeful that it would happen again for us um, in some way, shape, or form. My cycles never came back after having her. And so I decided that I would get ahead of the game and go back to a fertility specialist. The first one I had been to, unfortunately, had retired. So I went to a new one and did a lot of different tests. I basically had to... um, rule out endometriosis, um, find out if my tubes were blocked, if there was like anything else that was going on that was preventing me from ovulating and um, the ability for us to conceive naturally. I remember the day sitting across from the fertility specialist when she looked at me and just said, you know, we really don't know what's going on with you. We think it's just unexplained infertility. You can imagine that I did not appreciate or like this answer. (laughs) I wanted to know what was wrong. I wanted an answer. I wanted a course of action, a plan. I didn't want to go down the fertility route again. It's really difficult, and anybody that's been there I'm sure can relate that it can be a painful and very emotional roller coaster of a journey. So if you're there, Mama, I am with you. Hang in there and just know that you are not alone in the journey that you're going on. I will say that we are so very blessed and fortunate that our journey took a turn, I should say. In January 2016, I came back from a trip from, to California where I was visiting my family and felt like I just didn't feel right. I took a pregnancy test and to me and my husband's utter surprise, we found out we were pregnant. Now, this happened completely on our own without any interventions, and I know that's not everybody's journey and outcome. Um, I am so very grateful that it was ours. But of course, I was very shocked. I found out when I was about nine weeks along, which is a little far, but I had no other indicators other than, you know, I just started kind of feeling not right. The pregnancy was a very normal one. I didn't have any complications, any risk factors. Um, everything seemed to be going fine. And with my first, I went all the way 39 and about four days. So she was a very full term and um, very, you know, uncomplicated pregnancy as well. So I had no reason to expect that I would deliver the second baby early. We did have a couple... Um, Interesting exterior things going on in our life. We were living in South Carolina at the time, and we had just sold our business that we owned um, in South Carolina, my husband and I. And we were about to buy a new business in Fort Collins, Colorado, when everything kind of fell through. We had already sold our house in anticipation of the move, and the business deal fell through. And so here we were thinking, what do we do? Do we rent somewhere? Do we stay in South Carolina? Do we leave? We had no family in the area. Wonderful friends, but no family. And I had the brilliant idea to my husband, what if we just packed up, put our stuff in storage, and drove a car car cross-country and lived in California for a few months while we figured out what was next? It seems like an insane idea, but I want to tell everybody listening that I grew up in California, left after high school, or I'm sorry, left after college, and I was just thrilled at the opportunity to live near my family again, even if it was just for a few months. My very sweet and supportive husband agreed to this crazy idea. So we packed up our car in early July and set off cross country. At this point, I was seven and a half months, oh, about seven months pregnant. Um, yes, this seems crazy. I was supposed to be due early September and this was early July. So seven months pregnant, we put our 18 month old daughter in the car, our two dogs and headed out West. It was such an adventure, a wonderful journey. And we had so much fun stopping at different national parks, um, crazy hotels we stayed at. It's really difficult to find a place with two dogs and a pregnant woman and an 18 month old. It was an adventure, though, and we had the best time. I felt great the entire trip. I had no concerns about the pregnancy. When I got to California, I had a wonderful doctor that had agreed to take me on. We arrived um, when I was seven and a half months pregnant, and we were staying with my parents at the time until we found a rental that we would reside in for however many months until we were moving on to our next thing. The night that I went into labor, my husband and I were sleeping, obviously. It was 2 o'clock in the morning, and I woke up because I knew something was off. I had had what started to be a very slow water break. Now, I knew what it was because with my first, I had a, a slow water break as well. It wasn't what people describe as this huge gush and you know all the water comes out. Instead, it was kind of more of a trickle over time, and um, this was very confusing when I had my first, but when this happened the second time, I thought, oh my gosh, this is not supposed to be happening. I'm only seven and a half months pregnant. I woke up my husband, told him what was going on. Of course, he was panicked. Um, Woke up my mom, told her we were going to the hospital just to get checked out, and I remember as I was walking out the front door, I turned and said to her, mom, don't worry, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure they'll just put me on bed rest. How very naive I was. So off we jetted to the hospital. My husband driving far too fast. Um, Anybody that's been in labor driving to the hospital, I'm sure. You have a very nervous person that's driving behind the wheel. Um, And we arrived and checked in. I explained to the nurse what was going on. They um, assured me, okay, let's just get you checked out. And I did. And the nurse But uh, the first nurse that you usually um, encounter, usually you go into a first room where they kind of assess and see how far along you are. She did confirm that my water had in fact broken. At this point, I felt a flood of emotions. I was scared. I was anxious. I felt like this isn't supposed to be happening. It's too early. The on-call OB came in and I remember asking her, can I just go on bed rest? Like, what happens from here? How how do we proceed? She basically told me, you know, your body is going has gone into labor, and we aren't going to do anything to slow down that natural process. You're going to have a baby. And that moment was just very, um, I can describe it as like the world standing still. I remember thinking, this can't be, I don't seem like my belly's even big enough. And you know, you you feel like you're huge at seven and a half months, but you know you have a ways to go. Those last weeks are when your baby grows so much, so much, and really reaches that full gestation. I was scared, would he be really small? Would he have health complications? What would this mean? I had to pull it together and just think, I need to get through this. I need to deliver you know, safely, and I need to do this as best that I can. I'm very lucky I had my supportive husband with me. Um, I was a little bit nervous that my baby would come very fast. And with my first, it was about two hours from my water break to delivering her. And I, I was very scared that that was going to happen again. Luckily, it did not. So from 2 o'clock in the morning when my water broke, I delivered my son at about 8:30 in the morning. Now what was very different about this birth is that the doctors had prepped me and said, the NICU team will be in there with you when you deliver. We aren't sure the state your son will be in. We're not sure if he's going to need a lot of help breathing. Um, we're not sure if he's going to have any other complications. We don't know how big he's going to be. We just have to be fully prepared. And typically, um, at six weeks early, babies do spend time in the NICU. It's very, very rare that they're able to go immediately home. Um, So they prepared me for all of this. And, you know, a woman in labor, I think I was taking it in, but also probably like a deer in the headlights. Thankfully, his delivery was uneventful, I should say, minus the NICU staff but that was also in the room. Once he uh, was born, he seemed fine. He had no trouble breathing on his own initially, so I was able to hold him. And this is something that I think people don't realize or think about when you might know somebody that has a preemie. Um, Oftentimes, you're not able to hold the child, and the child is whisked away to the NICU, which, um, of course, depending on... What is going on is, is of utmost importance and urgency, but can be extremely hard for the mother. I mean, you've just given birth and then all of a sudden your baby's not there. It's a very unnatural occurrence. So I was able to hold him for a few minutes. And then I do remember that they took him and said that we're going to take him to the NICU. I remember the neonatologist being in my face and me thinking, oh my gosh, like, you know, I just gave birth. There's all this crazy happening and I have this doctor I don't even know in my face. Um, but that's birth, right? You have a lot of people in the room, usually. Um, so he went to the NICU and I went to my recovery room. And I'll say that this is another point that is very surreal, Being in the hospital and not having your baby with you is really, really hard. I admit I sent my first to the nursery and my third to the nursery so I could get a few winks of shut eye, which I recommend to anybody comfortable doing it. Um, And then they brought her back to me, each of my daughters back to me to nurse. But I didn't even have that option with my son. It left me feeling very sad Guilty as to why this all happened. I replayed things over in my head. Did I do something wrong? Did I do too much activity? Was I not eating right? The list goes on, and it's very hard to make amends with why this all happened. I asked my doctor later why this might have happened, and she assured me that I didn't do anything wrong and that, you know, sometimes. These things just happen. To this day, I I have a lot of guilt. I don't know if there is something that I maybe did somewhere along the line. And I want to say, if you are in this boat, you are not alone, Mama. I know that I need to, you know, have the most confidence that I did everything that I should for my baby. But sometimes as moms, we just feel like that's even not enough. My son stayed in the NICU for two and a half weeks. When we arrived there, this is exactly what the nurses said. They said this is how long that he would probably be there. He only had trouble breathing for the first 24 hours where he was on a CPAP machine, which helped him make sure his breathing was regulated. And after that, really... The only major issue was that he didn't know how to eat on his own. So it took the two and a half weeks for him to get there. As I looked around the NICU every time I was there, I couldn't help but think about the journey and just the sheer difficulties that other families were facing. There were teeny tiny babies in incubators all over. There were babies that were in much, much more dire situations than my son. It was difficult not to feel like we were the lucky ones, and that seems so crazy because here we were in the NICU not able to take our baby home. I think these are feelings that probably any NICU parent feels, and if you're in this boat, again, you're not alone. When we did get to take our baby home, it was the most joyous day. It felt surreal because night after night, having to leave without him in my arms, having to pump at home without a baby crying, I know it's so easy to complain about those wee hours of the morning and those very, very early days taking care of a newborn, but when they're not there, there's this empty silence. That just isn't right. So taking him home was a glorious, wonderful day. His big sister was overjoyed at the tiny human that had joined us. Luckily, there wasn't a lot of jealousy, knock on wood. But I do, like I said, still deal with some feelings of guilt. And I want to say to any mom out there listening that every journey to motherhood is different And it's different with each child. Maybe you had trouble conceiving. Maybe you had trouble with your birth. Maybe you had a preemie and spent time in the NICU, which was grueling and difficult and heart-wrenching, every second of it. But you become a mom all over again, with each birth, with each child. We need to not compare our journeys, but instead support each other. And that's what I hope my talk today did. I hope it helped you in some way feel a little bit less alone on whatever journey you're facing. I just want to take one last minute and ask if anybody has a story that they'd love to share to help other moms, to help parents, if there's something you've experienced, something you're going through, or maybe you don't want to share and there's a topic near and dear to your heart, please let me know. I'm very interested in creating content and creating episodes that will all help one another, that will support moms and really build a sense of community, understanding, and make us all feel less alone. Today, my son is a thriving four and a half year old. He's rambunctious and he is right up there with all the other little four and a half year olds. So if you have a preemie and you're wondering what's going to happen down the road, hang in there. You are the best mom for that child, and that child will be wonderful. He or she will grow up to be a wonderful little human. Thanks so much for listening this week, and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Head over to sweetestandtoughestjob.com. You'll find additional episodes there, as well as information from today's episode, resources, and links. We'd love to connect with you on social media at Sweetest and Toughest Job on either Instagram or Facebook. And a special thank you to Makai Pace for all the original music used.